Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm sorry for the audio. Real fast, I am recording this hastily before the WFC game. Um, I'm going to be, right after this, it's going to cut straight to the press conference with Dominique um, and uh, James Out, uh, Outland and Jay Heaps, and then later on it's going to be the uh, Culture City folks. Um, I don't know how well you can hear the questions, so if you can't hear them, I'm sorry. And also, there's a lot of banging that happens in the audio. Um, that's Dominique just like tapping on the table. There's nothing I can do about it, but hey, just thought I'd give it to you guys, and uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, you know, I think it's a great day for the club. It's also a great day for, for Birmingham because we're you know, obviously introducing one of, one of NBA's greats, Hall of Famer, uh, Dominique Wilkins to our ownership group. And to me, it's just, it's a very, uh, you know, his, his NBA career speaks for itself. Hall of Famer, nine-time uh, NBA All-Star, you know, huge competitor. But when we were going through this process, two things stood out to me um, that, that really resonated. One, he really wants really wants to win. I think that, that shows every time we talk about anything, it's, it's really, can we take this team to another level? We gotta win on the field, that's, that's, that's step one. And two, his commitment to Birmingham. Just his community ties here. He has he has truly shown that he's committed through Culture City, but by being here in Birmingham, that this is he, he's like a local owner. You know, he lives in Atlanta, but he's going to be here quite a bit. Uh, and we're really really excited about bringing him on board um, in that capacity. And I'm going to introduce James Outland, um, sitting on the far right. He's our chairman. He's the most important person that actually brought Birmingham soccer to Birmingham for me. So I want to have him introduce Dominique. But he was. You know the visionary for bringing professional soccer into Birmingham created this, this thing called Birmingham Legion, and we're all here today. From James Atwood. Oh, thank you. Probably overstated. Uh, it's great to be here, and we appreciate all of you being here. And, um, <clears throat> kind of a funny story. Uh, my first job out of college, I was in the sports marketing business. Worked for a uh, company called ProServe, and probably our most marquee uh, athlete was a guy named Dominique Wilkins. So I've uh, I've known Dominique for about 30 years, and. Uh, He's aged a little better than I have, but uh, uh, it was really awesome when Dominic reached out and said, hey, I love what you guys are doing with the Birmingham Legion, and I really have an interest in getting involved and getting engaged, and more importantly, becoming an owner. And uh, so it's, been, it's just been an awesome experience to, to, bring, to bring Dominique and uh, Julian Maha um, into our group. Uh, they've got the great connection that, that Jay mentioned to Birmingham with Culture City, and we're excited to really partner with Culture City as well. It's a huge opportunity for uh, for the Legion, um, and I think you know one of the things when you think about Dominique, you know, he's not just a, a phenomenal athlete with an incredible history of, of uh, performance in the NBA, but he's got a really good business sense. He also has a really good uh, social reach. Uh, he's committed to not just being a part of the team, but really helping elevate the Birmingham Legion to a whole other level. Um, and so we're excited to have him here. Uh, Dominique, I'm going to kick it over to you because that's why everyone's here. Okay, no problem. Well, again, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me here. This is uh, it's kind of surreal a little bit uh, because, you know, my kids started out in soccer. I wanted them to start out in basketball. They know bad, but they started soccer. And it was really good that they were really diverse at a very, very early age. And so I had to look outside of basketball to look at other sports and see what my kids would be good at. Uh, but unfortunately, my son got a little taller. He's 6'11", now I'm 16, so soccer was not going to be in his, his life. But, 
Yeah, well, it could be both. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, the, the, the most important thing, the reason why I'm here is because of Culture City. Uh, Julian Maha and his lovely wife, Michelle, who brought me into Culture City. It's a funny way how we met. We met on social media, and uh, we fell in love with each other. And it's like a marriage made in heaven between Maha and his family. And so I had a lot of, you know, time to spend here in Birmingham. Been here quite a bit. And so we talked, before we even talked about being a part the soccer team is what can we do in Birmingham to help grow our brand from Culture City, but more importantly, do some type of investing here in Birmingham. I said, I want to be known as something other than just an Atlanta Hawk. And so this was a perfect opportunity to be engaged with a young franchise that's coming up, not just a young franchise, but you know, they're winning some games. And that ultimately, that's what it's all about. But this is a special time for me. Uh, especially coming to Birmingham, if you know the history of Birmingham, to see how we can continue to bridge some of the gaps, you know, within the communities and the grassroots programs and all these different things that we can do to help build this brand. Um, because, you know, you want to build it uh, on the field, of course, that's the first and foremost, but you also want to build around the arena as well. That's the outside walls, the, the community, the business world, to help them you know, help us embrace it even more. So that's the biggest reason why I had. I can't tell you how thrilled I am. These two guys who give me the opportunity to be a part of a, a growing, great young franchise. So uh, I'm thrilled to be here, man. And like I said, I'm not just a billboard brand. I don't want to be known as just that. I want to be known as a guy that's going to help these guys, help me understand the game even more, but more importantly, help grow it where we continue to drive to win. Yeah, that's first and foremost. So, but if you got that's some questions you'd like to ask me, I like to keep it like a family environment, so don't be afraid to ask questions. If I can answer it, I'll, I'll start. Yeah. Um, one question: Your background uh, with European soccer, like it, that you don't pop in as a new soccer fan. You're familiar with the yeah. sport. Can you talk about that part of? really the enthusiasm, how big soccer is around the world, and what you guys really want to do with blowing it up here in, in Birmingham. Well, first of all, I'm a French-American, so I was born and so born in France, a lot of people might know, might not know. And so um, I saw soccer at a very early age, but as I started to become into retirement, I played in Greece and I played in Italy, and I saw soccer on a whole different level. You know, uh, going into arena with 120,000 people, and it's pandemonium in there. So I saw soccer, the excitement that they had in, in Europe. And I said a while ago, why we doesn't we don't have that type of excitement in soccer in the United States? And then next thing you know, years later it's exploded here now. And it shows you how universal this sport is. And so um, I'm still learning like a lot of people, but I, I, I had a chance to see it up close and personal when I lived in Europe. Did you have a chance to go to either of the MLS games here uh, this season? And uh, if so, just talk about the excitement and how much the fans are really getting into it here. Well, I went to a couple of games in Atlanta uh, when they came to Atlanta. I went to maybe about six or seven games that I've been through, been to. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, schedules conflict. And so you don't get to go as much as you want to. But now that I'm involved in it on a different level, I'm going to be very involved. So I'm going to be coming to a lot of games. 
Dominique, why do you feel that it's so important just to bridge that culture? You talked about the community, and, and why do you feel that soccer is the sport and the platform to do that? You know what's crazy? I grew up in the civil rights, rights era. And believe it or not, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot older than I might look. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so I, I see the need to continue to grow relationships, you know, and help people look at people as people, and that's it. And, you know, being around during that time, you've seen a lot of heartaches and a lot of injustices and all that, but sports have a great way of bridging gaps. And so, and that's the biggest reason why I want to do it in Birmingham, birthplace of civil rights, and see how it's changed, how it's continued to change for the better and positive uh, uh, business, you know, opportunities here, as well as sports opportunities. I've been coming to Birmingham a long time, SEC tournaments, uh, I played against a couple of guys um, at UAB, one guy you might know, Oliver Robinson, a guy who played here, I played against him when I was in college, so uh, I spent a lot of time in this city, so it's not like I'm new to the city, so just now I'm getting more familiar with it. Can you talk about the relationship with Culture City? We know you you are the chair of the board. Mm -hmm. um, you guys had the, the Culture Ball here in August of last year, exposing a lot of people to uh, what you do. Can you talk about how important that relationship is when we talk about inclusion? Well, the biggest part of that relationship is uh, Julie and Michelle, and I, we all have kids that's on that spectrum, uh, that special needs some sort of uh, assistance that they need, you know, probably for the rest of their lives now because of what we've been through as a family. Culture City helped me understand how important that we have to send a message out that their lives matter too. You know, and we often overlook people who are dealing with these needs. And so uh, when I was introduced to him, he helped me understand more how to deal with my own kids. I have two kids that, that's on the spectrum. There was some form of autism or special needs. I have a daughter who's, my youngest daughter is 14, she's wheelchair bound, she has spina bifida and she's been in the wheelchair since day one. So, and she, I, I, one of the things that touched me, she said, why can't I walk like my brothers and sisters? And how do you really answer that as a parent? And I always tell her, I said, we're working towards getting there, you know, you know, just be patient, Dad, you know, he's going to put any resource possible, find any resource possible to help you have a better quality of life. And so I've been on that mission for the last 15 years with her, but when I met Julie and Maha, it just changed my life. And so that's why um, I'm here, that's why I'm chairing the board of Culture City. And to see what Culture City have done, the years, how many century rooms we have? How many century rooms we have now? Like 900 or something? 400? 400 century rooms around the United States. That's making a difference. And that's that's truly amazing. You know, and our fight has just begun to make the po impossible possible. That's our goal. Now the connection exists. What plans does the Legion have to help promote the mission of culture, <coughs> of culture city? Well, I think any franchise that you have to have a grassroots program for people with special needs. You know, Atlanta Hawks has, has finally done that with us as well. And just about every NBA arena has done the same thing. It's just having a sensory room to give someone a chance if they're dealing with a sensory need. You can go into that room with a trained professional 
professional end, you can get balanced out and you can re-enter back in society. And I think every sports team has the responsibility to do something like that. Not only are you giving back, you're also building that trust and you continue to build your fan base. And you can't have one without the other. That's, that's the way I see it should be done. But in building that, you know, that builds the interest with your players too. Your players get involved in the same uh, fights and struggles, but more importantly, it helps build their brand from a philanthropy standpoint, you know, not just from a sport standpoint. So for me, I remember back years ago, a long time ago actually, a guy said to me, he said, when I was 12, he said, I'm going to teach you this game and you're going to owe me. And at 12, I didn't know what that meant. But he said, the only thing I want you to give to someone else what I'm about to give to you. So he gave me the courage to leave home when I was 16 and I never looked back. I've been a man in the house since I was 12. And so for me, having that type of tutelage from someone who really didn't know me very well, but he saw something in me. And so that's how I live my life, to give me back. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll add to that. I think um, one of the most important things when we were talking with, with Dr. Maha and Dominique was about you know, normal, like making aware of my culture city and giving more awareness to our players. So we are going to introduce it on, in July on the lower half of the jersey. So you'll see Culture City's logo, and and we're going to have a game featured just as a, as a, as a, uh, a title night for Culture City to create more awareness. Um, and and obviously, I hope you all know we're going to go visit the. There should be some things going on. There is a there is a sensory room in Protective Stadium on the far northeast side. So all these things are in alignment. But for me, the most important thing was that we. We start talking about this. We start having be part of normalcy in our conversation because you have families dealing with it. It's not just children; it's the families as well. So it's making sure that we're talking about it when we can. What are some elements of the city of Birmingham that attract <coughs> you to uh, invest here and, and partake in the cultural rights? Well, just my and consistent involvement and coming back and forth to Birmingham, I kind of saw the vision early on. I didn't know it was going to be soccer, but once I, you know understood there was a soccer team who was thriving, doing well, and the more I came down, the more interested I became. So, and like I said, this is a young franchise, and they already have a taste of winning. So, and that's important. When you get a young franchise, you know, winning early, that tells you you're building a personality, you're building a culture within the city, and that I just want to be a part of the growth of that culture. This is for anybody on the podium. Because of the winning of the Legion, there's there's this appetite and the question, are they going to be an MLS team? And so I want to put that out there. Is there a desire, is, is there a path to go in that direction? Well, I'll, I'll say that uh, we want to win. And uh, uh, winning brings a lot of things with it. Um, and I think one of the things that, that Dominique said, which is important, is we want to win on the pitch, which is obviously you know on the scoreboard, but we also win want to win off the pitch in our community. And the three important prongs for us really are community pride and passion. And I think if we keep winning and we keep putting fans into the stands the way that we have you know with our Open Cup run, um, I think the sky's the limit for where this team can go. Mr. Allen, you know whenever you first you know invested in this club, I don't think it's a secret that lower league soccer was not the smartest investment, if you will. Um, but you know with the announcement coming out yesterday of the new facility, the new training facility, is that kind of showing true long-term investment in not only the club but the uh, city itself? 
Yeah, I think um, I think we've demonstrated a, a, a long-term investment in, in the club to date. This is, you know, while we're young, this is our fifth year um, in playing, you know, in the league. Uh, but we, you know, probably spent three years before we started playing, you know, building the team and, and investing in the squad and bringing on Jay and, and our coaching and, and, you know, a lot of the personnel that, that make everything happen behind the scenes. Um, the practice facility, I think, is going to be state-of-the-art. Um, I think it's going to be a practice facility that is probably the best in the league and certainly will rival um, any upper division um, team. Uh, and I think we'll really benefit from that because one of the things that we want to do is we want to uh, activate the practice facility to bring in preseason tournaments, to bring in youth tournaments, to bring in uh, other, other activities that I think will really be great for Birmingham, um, but really also great for our players. Uh, if you've got great facilities and you've got a commitment from, from uh, your ownership and from your front office, um, winning, winning becomes something that uh, um, gets maybe not easier, um, but you know, hopefully we can provide all the tools to make winning better. Well, the practice facility definitely is going to make a major difference. You know, I, I saw the practice facility in a part of that whole structure in Atlanta with the Hawks having that practice facility to have the state all the equipment that you can train and get these guys ready. Um, so you want to stay ahead of the opponent, and this is a great way to do it, is make sure you have a facility that they can use uh, on their off time, you know, doing, uh, come early or late, and whatever you want to do as far as training. You have all of that right there in your backyard. So the training facility is always is very important for your team. There's another benefit to it also, and that's when um, our visiting teams come to play and they see our practice facility, um, they're going to want to come play for the Legion. I'm going to have one more. <laughs> On top of that, it's also one of the requirements, if you want to have U.S. soccer come, men or women, play in your city, you also have to have a training facility to be able to house a team that comes and trains for three or four days. So it's a really important step for where we're going um, with, with, with the club and hopefully for the city of Birmingham being able to have, you know, I, I know that that Open Cup game did put us on the map, both of them did, in terms of what U.S. soccer is looking at for uh, a city like Birmingham, be able to host big games, and I think we checked one box, we have a few more boxes to check, but hopefully, you know, we can continue to create, create, uh, you know, interest out on the pitch and, and get fans in the, in the games, because that was the most important one, but number two is making sure we have the infrastructure and a training facility as a part of that. Does that mean it would also potentially make Birmingham a potential Location for teams in the uh, 26 World Cup to to as a training as a training site yeah. absolutely that's part of it that's another <laughs> um, having an African American owner is going to uh, create a lot of excitement in the black community here in Birmingham. Could I get you to um, address that? Yeah, I, I think I think you you're right there. I think it it, it will bring. Some, a lot more attention, but for me, just hoping that you can bring everyone together as one. It's about people in general. It's not about black, it's not about white, it's about people. And so to have an African-American owner, hopefully we get a lot more African-American fans to embrace soccer. Because at the end of the day, it's about the community that believe in a product. And if I can help in any way in that, bringing that interest and that fan base, you know, to the arena, you know, that's what I'm here for. But you know, you got to get out here in, in the community, you got to show people that you care and not just a, a act, but an actual goal. So, yeah, I think it's, I think that's going to be great.
personally. I really, I really believe that, and that's another reason why I'm here as well. And with that, can I ask what kind of involvement do you hope to have uh, with your ownership? Whatever they want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's already Whatever they need me to do. It. He, he brought a present for all the players today, and so he's already making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's about family, you know. It's about how we help one another. It's not one or the other. That's all our ideas collectively to get to a common goal. Of course, that's winning first, but also building a personality within the city. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited today. So as, he, as James mentioned, that he brought a gift, but he will be speaking to the team today, which is exciting. We mentioned to the team on a little bit right before he went on live on a first take, but we kind of wanted to make sure that they were a part of the, the process and understood what was happening. So um, they're really excited to meet, meet today before the game, and he'll be talking to them about getting out there and, and winning tonight's game. Because that's, you know, we got a game kickoff at 7, so we're really excited about having this, this trajectory into that game. The weather's going to be great. <laughs> so what, what, maybe not for the women this afternoon. Uh, you played for two decades in the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one thing the Legion needs help on, can you work the refs for us? <laughs> you know what? You don't want me working the refs. I'm a little too animated, man. I always think they're cheating. <laughs> well, just, just teach them how we're going to the thing with the refs. You know, when you complain to the refs, you gotta, you know, you got to be nice about complaining. You can't let the fans know you're really upset with that referee, but you can cuss him out in private. <laughs> he respects that more, believe me. I'm, I'm a ref myself. So. <laughs> 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 I set him up for that one. I saw it coming. You should have won. I did. I should have won. And maybe one more, just with your your experience just in basketball on multiple mm -hmm. stages and big stages, mm -hmm. what has seeing the sport of soccer, you said you're still kind of learning and growing with it. What has caught your attention the most about this sport that you just, you know, maybe is uncomparable to playing basketball? Well, how much stamina they have. They're great athletes. A lot of people take them for granted how great they are. I mean, there's some heck of athletes, man, to run up and down to feel like they do. It's something that's some of the speed and the agility that they have. I mean, they're like artists and it's almost like ballerinas and sneakers. On that field, really, it is. I mean, they're so talented, and that's the thing you don't know until you get up close and watch these guys play. What a great analogy because you know they call it the most beautiful sport uh, in your career as a human highlight reel. Mm -hmm. uh, that that draw and that elevation, I think, of, of what the Legion has done um, as a celebrity, and we saw with all the excitement that that Messi. Mm -hmm. um, is, is coming to MLS, but as a celebrity, how does that really elevate this as a brand and as a draw for bringing people to Birmingham, like the Legion having you as one of the owners uh, is, is big and I think transcendent a little bit. For well, my idea is to bring more attention to our team. And how do we do that? Is have, you know, personal interest in helping them grow. And you know, I've been talking to people since we made this announcement yesterday. I mean, I haven't slept because people want to get involved. They want to support it, and that's what I was hoping. But I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And but again, that's something that's going to help us you know, build that personality in Birmingham. But the ultimate goal, and you know, as I will tell you, to win as many games as you can. That's what it's about. Um, but you, I often tell my son, you know. 
if you want to get to a level of excellence, it's what you do now that dictates what you ought to be doing in the future. So what I mean by that is to put your work in early in everything you do on and off the field. And, and that's, how, that's how you become that star player. That's how you become that star brand and, and franchise. So uh, I've seen it many times. You know, it's funny because when I, even when I was a player, even on Austin, I used to train other players because I didn't want us to get lazy and relax too much. That I never stopped playing the game of basketball. I played all year round. That was just my commitment to myself because I wanted to be better than the next guy. And so, if, you know, if I didn't win, I left it out there all on the, on the floor, you know, and I knew live with the outcome. But you got to show up every night to play. And I get disappointed when guys don't play because I, I didn't believe in missing games. I played as much as I possibly if even, I, I played with 103 degree temperature and scored 57 that because <laughs> I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's, that, that was all our mentality. You know, and I happened to be in a fortunate and great era of competition, and I learned from the best. And having a guy like Dr. J, who was my mentor, taught me a lot. And so I'm passing it up down to younger people and my own kids. And so I have a son right now that's six, almost 6'11", six that's 16, that's on his way as well. But those are the same things that I teach to him. You know, do your work now and you'll be happy with what you accomplish later in life. That's why we want him to walk in time. <laughs> 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 it was really <laughs> Do you find that there's um, parts of you that are maybe coming back from like being an athlete and stuff, now getting involved you know, with the soccer team and getting even more involved, do you find that there are kind of parts of you coming back from when you were a competitor yourself? I'm, that a, makes sense. I'm a competitor. You know, I competed everything, everything. So yeah, and definitely parts of that to come back. Like for example, with my kids, uh, especially young men. If, if I'm working out with them, and if I work out with my sons and friends, I never let them win. Never. <laughs> and if you're a parent, you got sons, don't let them win. Because if you let them win, they don't really learn anything. So you you got to be met with a little failure first to appreciate winning. And because my, my uh, older son used to cry all the time. And I said, man, why are you crying? You know, because the mom was like, you never let him win. I said, he's not going to beat me. So he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm too old. He's too good. Whatever. And, I, and I quit on both of my sons when they got to the point they were a little better because I was going out on time. That's true. True story. Thank you. I know you did a lot of research into the USL before you made this decision. I think there's a misunderstanding possibly with the folks who aren't hardcore soccer fans thinking that the USL is minor league soccer when it's actually professional soccer, just second division. Um, tell us your thoughts on the USL and, and personally I, I enjoy the USL more these days than I do the MLS. Well, you know, you're right, you know, professional sports is professional sports, you know, there are different levels of course, but your ultimate goal is to get to the top. But the only way you can do this is win. You got to win to get there. So, again, this is where it starts, you know. And I've been on the, I've been on both ends of the spectrum, you know, winning and losing. But as a competitor, you know, you want to be there at the beginning to watch it grow. I mean, every level I've played on, from high school, college to pro, I've helped build 
that program. When I went to high school, you know, one of the trade-offs for ha for having the probably the meanest coach I've ever had on any level, it was winning. So we we took some of his crazy antics and all that stuff, but we were seventy-six and one in three years in the state of North Carolina high school, and that, that high school team has never been to a championship game. Same thing when I went to Georgia, hadn't been to an NCAA tournament since 1934. And we went to a tournament our first year there. So I've always been a guy who wanted to help build something every level I play. And the same thing with Atlanta Hawks. Nobody really talked about Atlanta Hawks. We got there and we built something together. Well, we became that team in town. And so this is the same thing that I'm looking for here. You know, but it takes time. You know, nothing happens overnight. But you put things in place or tools in place they can use to build themselves. And you know, that's what we're doing. We talk about the practice and all the stuff that we're doing. It's all for the players. It's a great distinction. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a second division of soccer, but it's not a minor league division. You know, we're, 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 not, a, we're not a part of another team in the MLS. We're our own independent league. And if you were at the you know, Birmingham-Charlotte game, you saw us win. If you are at the Birmingham-Miami game, you saw us should have won, um, and uh, frankly, and if you didn't, if you didn't know better, and you watched those two teams, you would have come away thinking that Birmingham was the better, the higher division team because we were a better team for probably you know eighty nine minutes. Sometimes you had bad moments. Yeah. Sometimes you had those bad yeah. moments. You know. There's been a lot of talent come out of Birmingham, you know, especially play for like the national teams, the Cervanias, Chris Richards, Tanner Tessman, so on and so forth. Is there kind of a plan to try to keep that talent here as long as possible? Because in the past we've lost it. Yeah, that that's happening now. I, mean, I think that that was one thing. There just wasn't there wasn't that pathway that, that we're providing now in both the USL our, our academy, Legion Academy, and um, the USL two team that we're piloting this summer. So. We're creating that pathway now. We're we, we have our hands on, on every developing player in this area, and um, now I, we actually work well with Tanner Tessman, and I hope you know Chris. Chris Richards is going to be here tonight to, to be at the game in support of Dominique, but also Birmingham Legion. Um, but yeah, that's that's the key. Is that my my big goal for this is to create um, an environment for those for the young boys and, and eventually girls train and be in the environment. They don't have to leave home to go to Dallas or go to Houston or go to another city because the, the training they're going to get here and the development they're going to get in Birmingham is going to get them to that next level. And, and we know, I've been in those academies. I helped build the Northern Revolution Academy. So I understand what the competitive level has to be at that youth level. And so we're going to make sure that, that we have their, you know, we're working with them. And look, if it, it means they have to go to Dallas because they're going to sign a first-team contract with Major Soccer, and that's going to happen. But we don't want to stand in the way of any of that. We want to build it so that they, they have the best possible pathway to, to, the, to success. That's, that's been goal one from our academy. And Legion's built that now. I mean, yeah. seven or eight years ago, you know, really aspiring good soccer players left and running it. Yeah, they had to. And today they don't have to. And <coughs> that's a huge deal. We're good. Clayton, anything? We're good? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. If anyone wants to, is there any... Um, What's, what are we going to go up to? The, is there, okay, you're going to head on to the field first for a little B-roll. That's yep. all right with everybody. Okay. Uh, anyone want to join us? All right. Thank you guys for coming. Really appreciate you guys being here. This is this part of what we're doing here in Birmingham is critical. Like I said at the beginning, our partnerships with you guys, the media partners here, is, is so important. We get on TV, we get in the written press, that people know that we're we're playing games that we're trying to do in Birmingham. All right.
for Culture City. And this shows you how important of work that we do with Culture City to have people like them want to be a part of. And most of us had someone we know, a, a kid or family member who was on the spectrum. So to have you guys part of our organization, hey, we're so excited. So with that, what would I let you guys go? Thank you guys, it's an honor to be here. It's so crazy to be sitting next to Dominique right now. This is like a dream come true. Oh, you're making me feel good. Okay. Um, yeah, Culture City, I mean, I feel like we share, we're very different people that share a very a similar story. And uh, when we met Michelle and Julian, it was like, our world, it felt really small. We have a daughter um, with sensory needs and the world feels very small when you have a kid where it, things just feel limited, you know, you feel like you have less options, it's, it's a lot harder to go out into the world, and Culture City has just opened the doors for so many people, and opened this conversation that's so needed to have, that we are all people with unique needs, and um, I love people, our whole band, our whole motto since we started was we want to start a space, have a space that's inclusive, and Culture City just takes it to the next level, instead of it just being when we play for our audiences, now it's, let's open up the whole world to be inclusive. And it's magical. It's, it's, it's not just beautiful, but it's necessary. So this conversation, it's been a long time coming. Well, yeah. I'm all speaked out. <laughs> no, you know, you know, again, what she said is so important that so many people that you don't even know who dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with with our kids. And believe me, it's hard. You know, it's hard. And like I said, it's something a lot of people don't want to deal with because it is hard. But it's a responsibility that we have, that we have, someone have to stand for them. Someone have to stand on the wall for them as well. So that's what we do at Culture City and that's where we have great people who come about part of our organization to help us continue to share awareness and we have programs even for first responders that we help them understand what this is all about and you can recognize when someone is having an issue and now you know how to deal with it instead of the first thing you do shoot or, or call the cops or something you know how to help them balance themselves out so what we do is very important work and we need continually people to help us fight through this so mm -hmm. again i can't thank you enough for being a part of it as well so yes. thanks Real quick, one of the things we were talking about is this is this is one of your bag of jerseys. But I want to show them what what we're going to feature as we talk about. See Culture City on the back of the jerseys. You'll see this going forward in July on all our jerseys because we want this is that this is that conversation of opening up the dialogue, making sure that that everyone understands. When you see that on a jersey, you say, "What is Culture City?" Yeah. And then how can I how how can I help or how can I how can I participate in in in, in what they're doing because it's special. So we want to make sure you guys saw that. That's mm -hmm. that's something here that we want to make sure that we got so for you all. Cool. Yeah, there you go. You can have your Thank jersey. you. These are our jerseys. Yeah. One up. <laughs> so thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Can we get the spelling of your name, please? My name? Yeah. Hannah. H a n n a h Hooper. H o o p e r. And my name's, you need my name too? Sure. It's Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, Zucconi. That's Z-U-C-C-O-N-I. Thanks. Yeah.
I'm glad I'm not the only one who needs the correct spelling. <laughs> I do it all the time. My name is that now, not that hard to spell it. Yeah. I think everyone knows your name. some pictures of some guy named Dominique Wilkins. I'm standing there, and I'm like this. <laughs> so they're not know who awesome. I was, and they just turned me on. That's I'm like, I'm all in. Actually, I know who you are. That's how I know. <laughs> True story. Uh, Dominique mentioned earlier how many facilities Culture City has around the country now, and, it, and it's a Pretty surprising and overwhelming number, actually. Mm -hmm. But do you have a handle on how many people you've actually managed to help over the years that Cutches has been around? I honestly have no idea. Uh, I feel like a lot. It's a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we had a situation where a kid wow. uh, went to prison, young kid, because he was not taken in to be evaluated. And uh, they gave him 50 years for attempted murder on himself. Yeah, you ever heard of that? Yeah, we didn't either. But no, we were able to get that community 10 years and now we got him a full pardon now, right? And so, mm -hmm. he's driving, living well, and it was just a massive uh, disconnect and lack of education why this kid went to prison. And um, so those are a lot of things that we do. We help people recognize some of the uh, mistakes that they've made and try to correct them. Building on that same uh, message, how important is diagnosis? Well, diagnosis, that's the first thing. You know, I think everybody has to be screened. You have to have screening programs to identify uh, what kind of issues people are dealing with. And I do that with uh, diabetes awareness, which I've been a part of for 15 years, is everybody has to have a screening to build the kind of portfolio of your health. So if something go wrong, is going on with your health, you know how to treat it. And, uh, being on the spectrum, being autistic, or dealing with sensory needs is the same thing, you know. Uh, so we've done a lot of that. We're still doing a lot of that now. So it's very important work that we have to continue to. We need more people to get involved with us in this brain. Everyone needs help, though. You know what I mean? I feel like the spectrum is so enormous that getting evaluated just gives your child or yourself or your friend an mm -hmm. opportunity to get specific help. And that's so unique to every individual, just like therapy, just like rehab, just like anything. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. I also, I also just want to say, in life, we never know who our teachers are. And these kids, at least I'm around a lot of kids who are on the spectrum, they are far and away the most interesting, most unique, most beautiful people I have met. And it's really important to slow down sometimes and see it's surprising where we learn and where we grow. And I think that um, Culture City is just giving us an opportunity to like shed some light on these yeah. incredible humans. I mean, we all have people with full souls, regardless of how we come across, you know? And uh, yeah, I just, I, it breaks my heart sometimes that people get overlooked that are so special. And um, it's, it's just time to change that. Cool. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you both for stepping up there.